Hey guys, welcome back to Fiction Fixation. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. And today we are going to be recapping our experience at the Eras Tour, Cincinnati Night One. Yes. And if you don't know what the Eras Tour is, I don't even know if you want to listen to this episode because <laughs> Yeah, if you're not a if you're not a Taylor Swift fan, then you know what? It's okay. We'll have yeah. another episode out on Wednesday. You can skip this one. It's all good. For sure. And also who hurt you? <laughs> Why are you the way that you are? <laughs> yes. So before we get started going over our experiences at the tour, we need to point out the fact that this was the first time Courtney and I have seen each other since, I don't know, how old were you last time I saw you? I was 13. Oh my God. So 20 years. Were you nervous about, like, because you had made a comment once, well, what if we don't vibe in person, you know? I was really afraid we weren't going to vibe in person because... Like we have a purpose for like the podcast and we had a purpose for the night, but we also had some downtime yeah. before the concert. And I'm like, oh my God, what if we don't vibe? And I was kind of worried. Yeah. I think we vibed. We Great. <laughs> I think we definitely vibed. You know, honestly, for me, it wasn't weird at all. Like we literally talk every day. We narrate each other's lives yeah. to each other on Facebook Messenger and then again yeah. on the podcast. Like it's it was only weird seeing you like in front of me you know it was just like why aren't you on a little box on my desk yeah it was weird with her being able to like move (laughs) you know (laughs) to be like a physical person (laughs) yeah real quick I just want to say it was so awesome meeting your family your husband came with us on the concert he was he was incredible shout out to Frank awesome guy um yeah I loved meeting your kids and all your pets and most importantly the guinea pigs because I have become a guinea pig mom in the past two weeks and it has become my entire identity so um it legit has (laughs) when I tell you that she has a guinea pig problem her guinea pigs have a two-story freaking like penthouse (laughs) with with a garden a legit (laughs) garden they have potted plants that they can eat (laughs) they have twinkle lights and everything okay um All right, let's get into it. All right. So first of all, the concert happened in Cincinnati and Cincinnati itself was packed. Yeah, I was really obsessed with that bridge. (laughs) There was like this really aesthetic Mm -hmm. bridge outside of Cincinnati that is the prettiest color blue I've ever seen. I don't know why everyone else wasn't fawning over this bridge. I was like, this is the coolest bridge. Yeah, it's the Roebling Bridge that connects Covington and Cincinnati. And she was in love with it. I wanted to marry the bridge. She did. So Rose got to since she flew in from the D.C. area to Cincinnati. And then we went over to Covington and had lunch. What was the place that we got lunch at? What was that called? The Gruff. My first impression was like, oh, my God, this place is packed. And I look around, the entire place was packed with Swifties. I think there was one table that had people that weren't dressed up. And it's not guaranteed Uh that they weren't going to the concert. Yeah, they might have been changing later. Yes. There was people camped out in parking lots to tailgate. There were also a bunch of boats, right? Out in the marina. Yeah, so that's a big thing here is going out on a boat when there's concerts. I am doing that for the pink concert on my birthday. Oh, nice. The energy outside of the stadium was definitely really intense. I mean, 
there yeah. the crowd i cannot even explain how many people there were out there i don't think i've ever seen that many people in one place so cincinnati was really hopping that night because we had a sold out taylor swift concert a Cincinnati Reds game, which is baseball, an FC Cincinnati game, which is soccer. And then there were a couple of other smaller venues that had concerts going on that night in the downtown Cincinnati area. So Cincinnati was packed. Which event took precedence over all of those events? Definitely the Eras Tour. Yes. I mean, every place we went was really tailoring, tailoring. Ooh, it was tailoring itself to the Taylor Swift concert. Pun intended. Pun intended. So the energy was incredible. And I want to say I'm not a fan of crowds. And it's one reason I actually, Taylor Swift has been my first concert, the Eras Tour, because I actually went to see her in Detroit. That was my first arena concert. I've, I don't enjoy being in big crowds, but I felt pretty safe. Mm-hmm. You're surrounded by Swifties. What? How do you not feel safe? I, I felt safe. One of the best part of this era's tour is the fact that the fans, and this has been a tradition with Taylor Swift fans, but I think that they've really have been going all out because it's the era's tour. The best yeah. part is the outfits. I mean, people... It, they, they weren't even outfits, to be honest with you. The majority of people were in full-on costumes. The Eras tour is essentially a tour about all of her eras of music writing and stuff. And people just kind of chose an era or a song specifically to dress as. And there was nobody showing up in jeans and a t-shirt, okay? Yes. Like, even the men that attended the concert, they went out. Right, okay? they had some nod to Taylor Swift or her eras. And, you know, real quick, I mean, this is kind of a given for Swifties, but I don't think we as Swifties really appreciate the fact that Taylor Swift, as a marketing mastermind, she packages each album in a very specific aesthetic and mm-hmm. then she commits to fully dressing and performing in that specific aesthetic yeah she definitely she goes all out and you know what the i think the fans definitely did her justice because we also went all out yes listen i had dressed as the lover era in the first concert i went to This time around, I decided because all of my outfits kind of fell through and I felt kind of disappointed in myself. I wanted to go all out, but it just Mm -hmm. everything fell through. I had this really pretty yellow. I felt like it was Evermore inspired. It definitely looks a lot like her Evermore dress, you know? Yeah. So I was wearing that and I decided I could be sunshine. Courtney could be midnight rain. (laughs) Yeah, I was midnight rain. I wore black leather leggings and I wore a sheer long sleeve bodysuit with like little like um, crystals going down it. Um, And then I wore Spanx underneath it. Girl, you looked fantastic. Like, holy crap. So, yeah, I wore that. And then my husband dressed as the guy from the Blank Space music video Mm -hmm. where Taylor cuts the nipple area out of his shirts. Yeah. And then cuts his pants at the thighs. So he wore that. Yeah. So he was wearing a button up shirt where the nipples were cut out. And the best part, he has nipple rings. He does. He has nipple rings and his nipple rings said 1989 on them. Yes. Uh, he got a lot of attention. Let me tell you. He did. And let me tell you, he loved it. He did love it. He was so awesome. On our way into the venue, there were, of course, protesters. 
religious protesters. Were you expecting that? Because I that threw me off. I didn't. You know, I wasn't expecting it, but honestly, like, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Well, they were holding signs that, honestly, listen, I don't know if it's ADHD or what it is, but I can't read big blocks of text if my life depends Mm -hmm. on it. I just zone out. So they had these huge signs with big blocks of text, and I just, I was just like, I can't. I don't have the energy to read all of that. The first thing she said was, look at that sign. It must have taken all night. Yes. I feel like we probably should have stopped and screamed the lyrics at them. (laughs) But you know what? We didn't. We just kind of, we were in the zone and, you know, they were screaming some pretty horrible things. They were screaming horrible things. And of course, because dark humor is, (laughs) it's my coping mechanism. At one point, the guy, one of the guys was screaming, by the way, Side note, there weren't that many of them. There were like there what? was like four. Yeah, there was just a couple guys. They just had really big signs. And one of them was screaming, Some of you are dying. Some of you are suicidal. And I was like, Not today. Thanks to Lexapro. And, <laughs> and then there was a girl next to me that was like, Oh my God, me too. I take Lexapro. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? You could definitely see the Lexa girlies out yes, and about. Yes, yes, yes. They are not just surviving, but they are thriving. We were all thriving. You know what? It just, they did not, those guys did not bring down the vibes at all. They didn't. They were like Taylor's props at this point. Remember how there were protesters in the You Need to Calm Down music video? It was almost like those uh-huh. guys, they didn't realize they were being props. You know what? I I hope that they realize that now. Like, not the venue. If you're trying to reach somebody, it's not here. It's not going to happen. Because why? Because Shade never made anybody less gay. (laughs) Okay, so people line up super early for the merch. And if you don't care about merch, which honestly, merch is nice. I didn't. But I can buy it from her website. Like, I don't need to get it there. So we decided to come right before the openers. We got in and Gracie Abrams was already playing. Gracie Abrams was the first opener. She didn't have the stadium energy that I kind of expected from someone opening for this huge tour. No, she doesn't. But also, I feel like she has like a more chill genre of music. We were hyped and she doesn't really have hype music. And I think we were all just super hyped. It didn't match the energy of the crowd, right? Like the crowd was like Mm -hmm. excited and anxious for Taylor. And then she comes out and she's just crooning and she's just soft and very calm. And it's like, girl. Yeah. The second opener, though, was Muna. And I really liked their vibe. They're pop, but they were a little bit... A little grungy. Yeah, they were a little grungy. It was like indie pop. I love it. I was obsessed. Their lead singer, her energy was main character energy. And I don't know if that was their first night opening. I don't know because they didn't. They weren't the openers for um, the Detroit show that I saw. But her energy was mm-hmm. insane. Like she has so much sex appeal. She has so much charisma. She was up there like strutting that stage. Her energy fit the vibe. And yeah, I I enjoyed the openers. We um, went and stood in a really long ass line to get water bottles before the actual concert started. Can we talk about how hot it was that day? Oh my God, we were pouring sweat. It was what? It probably 90 something Yeah, we were facing the sun for like the first, like what, like third of the concert. Yes. 
We get to see all the people across from us in the blissful shade. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was very humid, very hot. And yeah, you know, it was an open air stadium. Mm-hmm. So, girl, I mean, everywhere people were glistening. Okay. There was a huge chance for rain. So we were like, are we going to get rained on or are we not going to get rained on? Right. At that point, I wanted the rain to pour. It would have felt so good. <laughs> And could you imagine how aesthetic it would look just to have our mascara and stuff running down our face as we're singing Taylor Swift? Yes. Yes. Um, Let's talk about our seats. So we were in section 148, row four, seats five, six, and seven. And they were great seats. They were amazing seats. The only thing that kind of sucked a little bit is that the the show setup required these huge crane-like things. Yeah. And there, I noticed there were four of them stationed around the uh, stadium. And one mm-hmm. of them just happened to be right in front of our section. It happened to be right in front of our section. But I feel like it didn't really take that much away from the concert. It didn't. I think when we first got there, we felt kind of bummed because we were like, man, like this thing is right in the way. This is an obscured view. But honestly, it's like this psychological trick because when Taylor Swift comes out, that thing disappeared. I didn't even notice it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And especially because a lot of her concert takes place like in this diamond Mm -hmm. on the stage and the diamond wasn't obscured. Right. So basically it was just a catwalk that was obscured and Mm -hmm. and, you know, she doesn't spend a lot of time on the catwalk. Also, the workers in the stadium, they brought it, okay? There was cops there with friendship bracelets. (laughs) The stadium workers had friendship bracelets. Oh, we got to talk about our friendship bracelets. Mm-hmm. So we made friendship bracelets and then we also put little Fiction Fixation podcast charms on them. Yes. Listen, if you got one of those, put a picture on like Instagram or just... And tag us in it. Yes, tag us in it. I would love to see who got them, but... It was so cute. I loved handing them out. And I just I just went up to people and I was and I tried to pick a bracelet that kind of matched the aesthetic they were dressed in. So mm-hmm. like reputation girlies, I got my reputation bracelets. And let me tell you, I worked really hard on these bracelets as far as like putting thought into making them pretty. And I thought they looked really pretty. She got a lot of compliments on her bracelet. They're like, oh, people were like, oh, my God, these are beautiful. Thank you. So we ended up making a total of like 50 bracelets mm-hmm. between the two of us. My husband also took an arm of bracelets mm-hmm. to give out. And who's going to say no to giving a bracelet to a dude with 1989 nipple piercings? Nobody. Yes. During the concert, before, during and after, there were no men's bathrooms. Okay, there were, but the stalls were for women and the <laughs> urinals were for the men. Um, you should have seen the confused looks on men's faces when they walk into the men's bathroom and it's just full of women. I actually don't, I don't remember seeing men using their urinals because I think oh, they Oh, I did. Oh, you did? I mean, I didn't watch them, but I saw them walk <laughs> behind the wall to go do it. Oh, because the urinals were behind another wall. Um, uh-huh. So essentially... Obviously, a Taylor Swift concert, the demographic is like 90% female. Mm -hmm. And so the line to the bathrooms were so long that women started lining up to go into the men's restroom. And the Mm -hmm. men were so confused because they were like, wait, is this allowed? (laughs) They like walk in and then they just kind of a lot of them would walk into the door and then see women in there. They would back up and look at the sign Mm -hmm. like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) You got the right bathroom, my dude. 
this one walked past me while I was in line for the bathroom before the concert started. He walked in, backed up, looked at the sign, and I said, it's okay. It's our bathroom today. One of the workers that was in the man's bathroom, he came out and Frank and I were out there waiting for you. And the Mm. worker said to us, it's crazy out there, man. These women are taking over. (laughs) <laughs> he there there was there is a bathroom attendant that was handing out paper towels he was standing there handing paper towels so women didn't have to go to the side of the wall and see men using the urinals he was handing out paper towels to everybody to give the men a little bit of privacy oh that's kind of sad <laughs> that's so emasculating I mean, <laughs> cover your peepee <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they should have put up like little like curtains. I mean, they should know by now. This is not the first show that women raided the men's bathroom. So so the people sitting around us were in front of us. We had a dad and a daughter. Dad came prepared. Okay, dad came prepared. When his phone started dying, he whipped out a disposable camera. Yes. Listen, dad understood the assignment. You could tell he knew nothing about Taylor Swift, but he was there to document his daughter's experience. It was just the cutest thing. Yeah. And then the row in front of them, there was this mom and daughter, this little girl. She's now going viral on TikTok, and I love that for her. Yeah, we saw Courtney sent me the video. The mom recorded the little girl crying during the Bridge of Cruel Summer. And, I, you know, when I noticed her crying at first, because she was crying from the moment she walked to her seat. Well, here's the backstory on um, Little Miss. So she didn't know that there's going to be a Taylor Swift concert in Cincinnati. Mom and dad were able to keep that from her. And they told her that she was going to the aquarium. Oh, my God. She had she found out 25 minutes before opening act started. Holy cow. That's so funny. I wonder what she was thinking, seeing all these people dressed up as Taylor Swift. She was confused. <laughs> so they were up in Cincinnati and she's like, like, mom, look, like she's, she has a 13 shirt on. Mom. <laughs> mom. Yeah. So she was just so emotional. That little girl probably like had the best night of her life. I loved watching her. It was such an experience for me, like seeing the concert through other people's eyes. And I loved taking a step back and just looking around because the display of emotions around us were really intense. And that's kind of the thing I want to drive home to anyone who doesn't understand the allure of Taylor Swift. And I mm-hmm. I honestly don't blame people who don't get it because a lot of people judge Taylor Swift on her singles and you can't mm-hmm. judge Taylor Swift on her singles. Her singles are designed for wide commercial appeal. Any, mm-hmm. any Swifty will tell you that, that her singles are usually not the best songs. They're just the songs that are going to appeal to the most people because she's smart. She wants to cast a wide mm-hmm. net. I think that's why she waited to make Cruel Summer a single. I have thoughts about that, actually. I think Cruel Summer was supposed to be a single, but I think because of the pandemic, it wasn't appropriate. It just wasn't appropriate to Mm. release like Cruel Summer. It was a cruel summer. (laughs) That was a really cruel summer. But like the song Cruel Summer is about like, oh, my God, this is such a cruel summer because like I want to get in his pants so badly. And everyone else is like, people are dying, Taylor. (laughs) Like, (laughs) It's an actual cruel summer out here. And you're just horny. Like, it's not the same. (laughs) No, that's fair. She opens the concert with Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. Mm -hmm. And they're doing like a whole dance routine while she's singing this. You don't even see her at this point. The dancers come out with these larger than life billowing 
pink pastel leaves that are just spreading upwards towards the sky. They're coming from behind them. I think they remind me a little bit of peacock feathers. It's so hard to describe. I'm sure you've seen clips of it. It was just so beautiful. Honestly, especially like the Detroit show, I was on the floor Mm -hmm. and you could see the scale of them because I think from further back, you lose the scale of how giant these sheets were that these guys were holding. And Taylor is, it looks like she appears from like a ball of sheet <laughs> it's, yeah, listen we're not doing it justice so we're describing we're, we're not she just sort of appears okay wearing the most incredible pastel bodysuit sequenced mm-hmm. body bodysuit she looks like a goddess i'm sorry she looks there like is a goddess. sequence on everything she wears yeah she's the sequence queen yeah and so when the bridge when the first bridge of cruel summer comes mm-hmm. she takes a minute And she's like, we've come to our first bridge of the night, ladies and gentlemen. And I want you to scream it. And we deliver. Were we ready for that bridge? We were were ready. Yes, we were ready. The entire stadium is screaming the bridge of this song. I mean, I think the Cruel Summer Bridge is one of the the funnest bridges in Taylor Swift songs to scream out. And it was just, I mean, like the seats were rattling. People were screaming it so loud. I saw videos of the outside of the stadium and it's like, I mean, you can see the stage shaking. Pecor Stadium was not built for Taylor Swift concerts, okay? (laughs) Yes. Yes. But you know what, though? Right after Cruel Summer, the vibes kind of lagged a little bit because she got into Lover and she got into Archer. Mm -hmm. And those songs are really kind of slow paced. Well, see, here's the thing. I think some of Taylor Swift's songs are meant to be screamed. (laughs) Lover, Archer, those are not meant to be screamed. Those are meant to be sang and gently swayed to, okay? Girl, everybody was screaming. Every word of every song. Everyone was screaming. Yeah. Like, every song was a screaming song, you know? (laughs) Yes. It was cathartic. What were some of your favorite sets? I really enjoyed the whole Reputation set. Reputation is one of my favorite albums of hers. I mean, Reputation is a very theatrical album because of the nature of its songs. That songs are just really big and impactful. Also, Don't Blame Me is one of my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I That's the closest to church that I come. <laughs> okay. Courtney. Courtney was having an experience. She had her hands... I'm sorry. She had her hand up in the air. Oh, my God. And I look over. I look over at Courtney and it looks like she's doing the Nazi salute. I don't know. I was just my hand was in the air. I was in the moment. And then I realized it. And I'm like, oh, my God, accidentally racist hands. (laughs) And so then I made a fist and put it up. And I'm like, shit, is that black power or white power? And so I just kept my hands like at my chest because I was afraid that I was doing something racist. That was one of the funniest things of the night for me was looking over and seeing Courtney accidentally make racist gestures because she was so like she was trying to put her hand up like she was in church, but her hand wasn't swaying. It was just up. It was just up in a salute. And I'm like, no, girl, no, 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 no. Dude, I was paranoid for like the whole concert because I'm just like, my hands, I don't know what to do with my hands. Courtney was like, we have to go around and collect those bracelets again because <laughs> she was like, people know what I look like. I can't have them like canceling me. <laughs> I know. It was an accident. I just, I, I realized it. I was in the moment and I put my hands down. But then as my hands were kind of like hanging down at my side, I kept accidentally brushing the dad in front of us he with prob- my fingers. He probably thought you were hitting on him. 
Let me tell you something about this dad in front of us. Like I said, he didn't seem like he was too interested in Taylor Swift. He was just documenting it. Uh huh. Up until the moment where she did the vigilante shit performance. Oh, he got into it real fucking fast. Because let me tell you, this girl, Taylor Swift, Miss Taylor Allison Swift, she puts on the sexiest performance of her life. She has a chair and she's twirling and dropping her little booty on that chair. She, I mean, she looks Mm -hmm. hot, hot, hot. The dad in front of me forgot what he was doing. The camera lay useless at his side as he stared just with a gaping mouth. And Courtney, my favorite part was the daughter looked so uncomfortable (laughs) that she wasn't even watching the show. She was watching dad and then she just kind of looked down. She just looked down for the rest of vigilante shit because she felt so uncomfortable. And I know that feeling when you're a young girl and there's something sexual happening and it's like Mm -hmm. you don't want your parents to know that you understand that that it's sexual and you just kind of want to disappear because you're so uncomfortable. And it was hilarious. Yeah, no, it was hilarious. I loved, like I said, watching the faces of everyone around me. It was akin to what (laughs) I see people when they're having those church concerts and they're like super into it. They're in the music. The the Holy Spirit takes over them. Yeah. The Holy Spirit of Taylor Allison Swift took over us. Yes. So the girl that was, so Courtney was to my right and there was a girl I didn't know to my left. And I think she was there with her mom or maybe someone, but I could tell Mm -hmm. that the person she was with was not a hardcore Swifty. That person Mm -hmm. wasn't like screaming the lyrics. So me and her, we were like vibing because I would turn to her and I would just start like screaming the lyrics and she'd scream them back at me and, and I would wink at her and we were just like vibing. It was really cute. I know, because she had like butterflies on her dress, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, gorgeous. This girl was, yeah, she was beautiful. My husband was to my right. My husband was also in a sling because he dislocated his shoulder. So he was in a sling and I kept grabbing his left arm, the one in the sling. <laughs> and he's like, bitch, you need to stop. <laughs> You're like, baby, look. And he's like, ah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm looking, don't hurt me. (laughs) Don't hurt me, please. Oh, so behind me, there was a couple and you could tell it was a group actually. And like, it was like a couple and then some of their friends. Taylor does Love Story and Love Story is a crowd favorite. I think it was like one Mm -hmm. of her first singles that really blew up. And there has been this tradition in the Airs tour lately where in the Love Story song, when she says, he knelt to the ground and pulled out a ring. There have been guys that have been proposing to their girlfriends Mm -hmm. right at that line. Yes. So the couple behind me, as she starts singing Love Story, the girl's friend looks at the boyfriend and she's like, well, and he goes, no, 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 not happening, not happening. (laughs) (laughs) But can you imagine the pressure? Especially if you're kind of expecting a a proposal and Mm -hmm. this would be your dream. Right. And then he doesn't do it. I almost joked with Frank, like, aren't you going to (laughs) propose? I know. I'm kind of disappointed Frank didn't propose. (laughs) It's okay. The stakes were so low for him. You know, he's already he's already married. He's got nothing to lose. It's fine. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. (laughs) So the folklore in Evermore sets, it seemed like she really put the most effort into those. The production value for Evermore Mm -hmm. folklore was the most magical. It was like a Broadway play, okay? It it for sure was. There was costumes, there was acting, like it was insane. Yeah. Well, did you I mean there were props, 
the Willow song. Well, they came out in like black hoods holding glowing orbs. And I was like, okay, is this what the people outside were protesting about? Like maybe they yeah, have a, maybe they have a point. This is kind of witchy. <laughs> you know what else is kind of witchy? Catholicism. Okay. So corny. <laughs> What? No, listen, I went, when I was in New York, I went to the old St. Patrick's Basilica, witchy as fuck, okay? I'm just saying. (laughs) Anyways, but no, like, it is, it's so just whimsical and kind of eerie and, like, surreal. Right, because by this point in the show, it's night, okay? It's dark, and there's a lot of lights in the set. There's fire embers floating up. I mean, it Uh was, it felt very magical, And then in the folklore set, there's a cabin that comes out from under the stage. A cabin, like a little wood cabin with a mossy roof. And Taylor Swift gets up on that roof and she performs The One, which I love that song. That was one of my favorites. And another point, I think it was at the Evermore part. I don't know if you noticed the trees that came out from the stage. Mm -hmm. They could have just slowly risen those trees. They sprouted. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just I appreciate so much how this show just really took details into consideration before the concert. Those were my least favorite albums. Mm. And so I was kind of disappointed at first where I'm just like, man, I felt like they dragged. But also hearing Folklore and Evermore live is an experience that inspired me to listen to those albums. So I think it's not uncommon for Taylor Swift fans to to need time for Folklore and Evermore to grow on them because those were her Espresso Depresso albums that she released Mm -hmm. during the pandemic. Yeah, they definitely were. And I also going back and listening to them, I've noticed some nods and midnights that she made to those albums. Yeah, because supposedly... You know, they were based on fictional things, but I think she really did take the time to express a lot of her feelings. Well, don't all writers inject some personal personality things into the characters that they write? Yeah, for sure. And I think as writers, we definitely understand the nuance in expressing Mm -hmm. emotions that I think sometimes as a writer, yes, she's writing about her experience, but also she's exaggerating for poetry. Uh You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's just not as a compelling song to say, we went out two times and I kind of liked you and you disappointed me. Mm -hmm. It kind of hits more when you say, I was in love with you and you tore my heart into pieces. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I I really think she kind of exaggerates for effect. And I don't think people understand that. So they're always kind of dragging her like, oh, here she is in love again. I don't think she's been in love with every person she wrote a song about. But also like taking things from your real life that happened Mm -hmm. and turning them into art is not uncommon. It's not specific to her. Right. It's not. And but I think it's beautiful. And I think the most beautiful thing and kind of the key to her success is her ability to distill the human experience. And I know that Mm -hmm. sounds really highbrow and people are like, oh, come on, it's pop music. But you know what? This is the pop music we need, you know, because pop music can be very superficial and can be, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of not add anything to the conversation. And Taylor Swift has a way to like describe feelings, describe moments in a way Mm -hmm. that make you that move you and make you feel things yeah for sure did you notice her little looks that she gave like that look she gave you know while singing bejeweled Mm -hmm. i can still say i'm single remember 
<laughs> that little yeah. smile and winky nod. Right. She does a lot of nods. You know, um, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I noticed small little production things that were done to, I think, to protect her, her pride. For example, Don't Blame Me, the song, has a mm. lyric in it that says, and if you ever try to walk away, I'd beg you on my knees to stay. And she didn't sing that lyric. Mm. There are parts that are definitely kind of edited because Don't Blame Me transitions into Look What You Made Me Do. And it's an epic transition. It is. It's a really good transition. It's actually on YouTube if you want to go check it out. It's it's a bop on its own. But I just thought it was interesting that she made sure not to include that line. Because that was old Taylor, you know? Well, because obviously she's she just went through a breakup, right? Like all the love songs on Reputation were about Joel Owen. And, you mm-hmm. know, she dated him for six years. That's a significant amount of time. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're broken up now. And then she is used to getting on stage and singing these songs that she wrote about someone that she loved. But I have to imagine that it kind of hits different when it's someone you were with for six years. And she probably saw him as forever. And she probably did. I think after, you know, a couple of years, you start seeing forever in a relationship, you know? Yeah. But also, I feel like Taylor is too big for Joe Albin to have kept. You know what I mean? Taylor's too big for anyone to keep. That's kind of the sadness. You know who could keep Taylor Swift? Who? Harry Styles. Maybe. I want them to get back together so bad. (laughs) Oh my gosh. My husband was listening to me watching YouTube videos on Taylor Swift and he was like, oh my God, this fandom is, is really crazy. There is a parasocial relationship that we have with Taylor Swift but it was definitely encouraged by her. That's how Mm -hmm. she grew her career was by very sneakily letting the listener in like, hey, I don't talk about my personal life, but you can infer from my songs. And she encouraged that. Yeah. Well, and then also like people are like, oh my God, your parasocial relationship with Taylor Swift is super weird. But then Taylor Swift shows up at random fans weddings. You know what I mean? (laughs) And so it's like, okay, is it that weird? Right, right. I would say it's less weird than people who idolize celebrities, you know, for no reason. I think people Mm -hmm. feel connected to her because of the access that she has given to her emotions, which is Mm -hmm. something celebrities usually don't do. You know what I mean? Like, think about it. Like, what does Ryan Gosling feel about anything, right? Like, we don't know how he feels about anything. And yet, if someone were to see Ryan Gosling, they would nine times out of 10 fangirl over him, right? Because he's a mm-hmm. he's a big star. And I feel like that is an undue fangirl. Whereas like fangirling over someone who you are emotionally connected to because their mm-hmm. words have described your experience, that's mm-hmm. not so weird, I don't think. No, not at all. For the amount of money people pay, she is putting on a show, okay? Uh-huh. And I could see how the show is designed to like make sure you're entertained every second. She has built in very entertaining interludes. It's basically all LCD screens, right? The whole stage. Mm-hmm. And so at one point, they make the stage look like a river. And then she dives into it. And they have an image, a, a video of her swimming up upstream up the stage Mm -hmm. which obviously that's not what's happening what's happening is she's down there frantically you know taking off her outfits right Uh (laughs) but I just really appreciated that she's she's thinking like I don't want people you know waiting for three minutes right yeah 
after Reputation, when she's supposed to be like lowered down through the stage, um, the door didn't open right away mm. like it was supposed to. And you could see her kind of like knocking on it with her foot and it doesn't open. So she just runs. She's full out sprints through her backup dancers into the back of the stage to change. Yeah. Our show made Swifty history with the uh, malfunction. <laughs> it did. Well, also... On night two of Cincinnati, which we were not at, she did three surprise songs. Yeah, let's not talk about that. I am so jealous. And I am so jealous uh, of the songs that they got, too. So I know. Our surprise songs were Evermore and a very old song from when she was like 13. That's called I'm Only Me When I'm With You. Yeah. I finally sat down. I was trying to be a hero and not sit for the entire show. And let me tell you, I was screaming. I was dancing. I was jumping. I honestly took it upon myself to bring the vibes up in our section. Okay, so Rose had previously called me a little bitch for sitting down. (laughs) No, I didn't call you a little bitch. Courtney sat down and I leaned over and whispered to her, I'm not sitting down because I'm not a little bitch. So technically, I didn't call you a little bitch. She (laughs) inferred that I was a little bitch for sitting down. But in my defense, I just got back from a week in New York City and I have a bad ankle. Yeah, I was just teasing you. I mean, it was kind of a a dumb goal for me to just stay standing the whole time because for my Detroit uh, show, I didn't sit a single time, but I also wasn't going as hard. And also it wasn't as hot. Okay, it was very hot. Speaking of how hot it was, do you want to explain your dress situation? (laughs) Yes. Okay. So as I said, I was wearing a yellow dress and listen, a couple things in my defense. It was in the 90s, super hot. The sun was beating on us. I was dancing like a maniac. Like, did you see me? I was jumping. I was moving. She was. I was really, it was cardio. Like literally my watch told me I burned 600 calories. Nice. At one point, I looked down and there are sweat stains all over the side of my boob going into under my arms on the the waistband of my dress and Uh I don't know what it is I'm not easily embarrassed and I honestly I'm at the age where I don't care too much what people think but I don't know like my ability to sweat through my clothes in like normal circumstances so it really shouldn't Uh surprise me that I sweat through my clothes here it like embarrassed me. And so suddenly I didn't feel like going all, all out. Suddenly I didn't feel like jumping around. And I mm-hmm. saw myself kind of like trying to be small because I was embarrassed by my sweat. And so at one point I decided, you know what? I'm going to fix this. So I squeezed out of the aisle. I went up to the bathroom and talk about not being easily embarrassed. I took my dress off in front of the sink And I'm wearing like, it's not cute when I'm wearing underneath, okay? It's like a nude bra and some like nude spanks. So at Mm -hmm. first glance, it literally looks like there's like a naked lady in front of the sink. It's a Taylor Swift concert. It's 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 chill. I did not. I did not even care. And plus, it was in the middle of a song, so there weren't really that many people in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. I took my dress off and I just soaked the whole thing in water. And then I squeezed all the water off and I put it on. And so the whole thing is wet. You can't see sweat stains because it's all wet. It was also probably kind of cool, like it a little bit of was. a. Yes, I yeah. actually felt like I act. I thought, oh, this is gonna be so uncomfortable, but it actually felt really good. It was like having a wet rag. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. When it's really hot. So I went back and my biggest concern was that I would accidentally bump into someone and they would be so grossed out that they touch something wet because there's nothing more gross than accidentally touching something wet when you when there isn't supposed to be something wet. Right. 
So I feel bad because I actually like interrupted the girl next to me. She's like singing and I'm like, hey, I just soaked my whole dress in water. Okay. And she was just like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) If, if, If you touch me and I'm damp, it's, it's okay. Like, please don't throw up. It's just water. <laughs> it was. It's all sweat. You just sweat. And it's... <laughs> but yeah, it was awesome. I felt great after that. Like, listen, I soaked my dress. I was comfortable because it was. It cooled me down a little bit. And I was also not self-conscious. So there's a little life hack. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just wet your whole dress. You know what? I love it. So Taylor actually makes it a point to essentially go to every single portion of the stage and then like wave or like make some sort of observe, like some sort of nod to them. So people in the, like the seats that are further away don't feel like they got left out of anything. Yeah, I I don't know. There's little, she's so considerate, I have to say, you know, like you could see and I mean, Listen, she has a lyric in her song where she calls herself a pathological people pleaser. You could see that in the way she performs. She is very conscious of the fact that these people paid a lot of money to come see her. And she goes Mm -hmm. to the furthest corners that she can. And she Mm -hmm. waved at the people who, you know, arguably had the worst seats, which are the people that are almost behind the stage. And she waved at them to acknowledge them. And I don't know. I feel like that means so much, you know? It does. And people went crazy for it. Yeah. Another another thing I wanted to uh, mention, I caught Taylor Swift checking herself out in the big screen a couple times. Uh, Oh, yeah. You know, where she kind of looks up and you could see her kind of make eye contact with herself. She's just checking to make sure she looks okay. And there was one point where her bangs were soaked with sweat and they were kind of, you know, they were kind of messed up. And she glanced up. And she noticed and then she tried to casually like fix her bangs. I uh-huh. just, you know, I think those moments make her more human to me because I'm like, oh, she's just a girl that's just trying not to look embarrassing on stage, you know? Oh, she could come out drenched and literally like fucking motor oil. And <laughs> we would still be like, yes, queen. You know, the show. Oh, one more thing I wanted to mention before we wrap up the, the show section the production value during the all too well so she performed the 10 minute all too well and i have to say courtney it was a different experience in detroit it was untouchable that experience of being on the floor when she was performing all too well and the reason is Uh those big things that were blocking our view they Mm -hmm. they spit out snow snowflakes but it only goes to the floor to the floor Mm -hmm. section so when i was in the floor you know i'm listening to taylor swift playing all too well and suddenly there's snowflakes falling and i'm like wait a minute and when you're on the floor you think it's happening for the whole stadium you don't realize it's only happening for you (laughs) and so it's it just it feels so magical because you're like she's making it snow in the entire stadium Mm-hmm. And then at another part in All Too Well, during the All Too Well performance, which is a 10 minute song, um, there's leaves coming out like autumn leaves. Yeah. So it was a different experience watching it from our seats because I was like, OK, so the peasants don't get the production, you know, no, like- the peasants. <laughs> The peasants with the obscured view don't get production. (laughs) So we had to like watch the magical moment for the people on the floor that were like, oh, my God, it's snowing. Good for you. You look happy and healthy. Not me. (laughs) (laughs) But it's fine. Honestly, I do wish that they would have marked our seats as obscured view 
I don't think they would have known because like I said, it wasn't the stadium. It was the set. We'll see. They had her stage up there. I think that they probably should have kind of figured out where the obscured views would be with her set. Because listen, I'm not mad, but I am disappointed that I paid for not obscured view seats. Right. And then we got obscured view. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was. It's just like, hey, like in the future, like maybe do better. Yeah, do better in the future. Absolutely. But, you know, the final song of the show was Karma. And that's my husband's favorite song for Midnight's. Yeah. Uh, and dude, he perked up. He perked up. He was he was he was, he was done. <laughs> but then he perked up to sing Karma. Yeah, he got his second wind. Yeah. And then after, you know, she said her thanks and did her bows and stuff and people started filing out. We felt for a moment like we were not going to get out of there because mm-hmm. There's just so many people trying to leave at the same time. It it ended up being fine. But for a moment, you have this panic where you're just and I think that's probably why you started vaping. You probably got nervous. Like it's probably like a a soothing thing. And I was like, Courtney, you're not you can't vape here. And and Courtney was like, "Um, what are they going to do? Escort me out? (laughs) Yeah, like, please escort me out at this point. That's probably how that lady felt that gave birth or went into labor. Yes, a lady at the Cincinnati Night One concert, she went into labor. And I remember seeing her. She walked into the men, when we walked into the one side of the men's bathroom, mm-hmm. she walked in right behind us. And I'm like, oh, there's a line on the other side. And she was like, fuck the line. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, fair. You know what? Pregnant woman at a Taylor Swift concert, let her cut the line. Yeah. I'm okay with letting her cut the line. So she was escorted out. Do you know at what point? It was after the show. An ambulance oh, came and got her. That's amazing. That girl got a VIP ride. Like, <laughs> literally, she was just telling her friend, I guess right before her water broke, she was just telling her friend, like, oh my God, how are we going to beat this traffic? And then her water <laughs> broke. Like, her baby was like, hold my beer. Oh my God, dude, her baby's so considerate. Her baby right? literally waited until the end of the concert. Then got her a VIP pass out. <laughs> Zero traffic. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, listen, we had so much fun. It was such an experience. I loved it. Mm -hmm. I loved it so much. The fun did not stop after the concert because it was a vibe going back to the hotel. It was. Everybody was in a really good mood. You have all of these Swifties kind of, you know, dressed up in costumes. And it was it was really fun walking back. Frank made it home from your hotel after he dropped us off. Mm-hmm. He made it home in 20 minutes. Yeah. That's walking through the crowd, back across the bridge, wow. getting in the car and going home. 20 minutes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And honestly, the walk from our car to your hotel was not a far walk. It was not. No, it was right across the bridge. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I don't know. I loved it. I loved seeing you. I loved meeting your family. I loved seeing Taylor Swift. It was just... The concert, the experience, the people, this mm-hmm. the vibes are great. Although I did make a comment at the end where I was like, what if the protesters come back and to try to paint Taylor Swift fans as bad people, they started rioting? Mm, you know what? That was a fear, but they did it. They were gone. <laughs> they were gone. They were in bed by like 8 p.m. In any case, that was our experience. And I feel like it was all over the place. Um, But we are delivering it to you guys as promised, because I know we've been really annoying and we have been kind of uh, dropping. (laughs) We've been dropping the fact that we're going to this concert forever. So Mm -hmm. we felt it was only fair to share with you. 
listen, we got amazingly lucky with our tickets. Okay. Yeah. I got a presale code through Taylor Nation. I signed into the waiting room at the designated time. It was started at 10 a.m. I was already checked out with our tickets in hand at 10.15. And so I was like, what's everybody making a big deal about? No, but let me tell you. No, but people had a really hard time. We definitely were lucky because people suffered to get those tickets. And we got them at really decent prices. Like We had really good seats and we paid like mm-hmm. around $300 for them. Yeah, it was like $280 a ticket after all the fees. And yeah, our seats were awesome. There were lower bowl seats. I mean... Well, also, my presale code didn't work the first three times I tried to put it in. Mm. And I think a lot of people got discouraged yeah. after it didn't work the first time. And I just kept being like, oh, that must be a mistake. I think the... Oops, lo- this must be another mistake. <laughs> you are mistaken. <laughs> I think the audacity of a white woman really, really came in clutch for us. Because let me tell you, Courtney, if I was in charge of getting those tickets and the pre-sale code didn't work two times, I would have I would have been like, this isn't happening. I mean, I am very easily discouraged. So I am very grateful that you have all the audacity mm-hmm. and you came in with a plan and you're quick and you were you made decisions, you know? We scoped out seats beforehand for sections that we were okay with. Mm-hmm. Um. So we we Rose and I had a plan going into buying these tickets. We're like, okay, here are the sections, yeah, that we want to shoot for. And literally, once I got onto like look at tickets, I just clicked the first section I saw on there. I'm like, these four, these three, yeah, right there. I didn't even look at the price to be honest. Yeah, I was like, these three. Um, I'm like, it's gonna have to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it was. I'm glad we got really good prices for them. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I was able to go to the Detroit show because the Detroit show actually the prices were also pretty good. So for the Detroit show, I got lucky. I wasn't planning on going to that Detroit show, but my friends, uh, I say I I got lucky. That's kind of mean because my friend and her boyfriend broke up, and so she needed to sell his ticket, and she sold it for to me for like four hundred, which is. I mean, floor seats. I felt like I was front row because there was no one in front of me, even though we were yeah. like on row seven because of the way the diamond is set up. Yeah. Girl. At least your friend got the Taylor Swift tickets in the breakup. Yeah, that's true. Could you imagine if he's like, no, those are mine? I would literally burn his house down <laughs> if he was like, no, these tickets are mine. Excuse you? What? <laughs> and then he takes another girl. <gasps> oh my God. Could you imagine? I would help your, I don't even know your friend, but I would help her destroy him. <laughs> Let's ruin his life, girly pop. Oh my God. Um, all right. So the teapot is empty for today. Don't worry. We'll be back Wednesday with another episode. See you next time. Bye.